Did you know that there are only nine things that you can make art about? <laughs> you say, Sans, that's crazy talk. Certainly there are more than nine topics. But I say, we have a list of nine topics. <laughs> These are subjects that one would make art about. I'm not talking about style or genre or technique, but subjects. It's true. Pretty much any art you want to make can be made under one of these nine. Want to know what they are? <laughs> Let's take a listen to the list. So before we jump into the nine, let's just take a look at subject-based teaching in general. When making art, an artist usually starts with a subject. The subject is the inspiration for what they're going to create. The subject can be a literal object, like a still life. That's uh, the inspiration could be still life. That would be a subject. Or the subject may could be more abstract in nature. For example, a big idea or a concept could be considered the subject of the artwork. In either case, the subject is a starting point. Now, a lot of tab teachers me included, often use subject-based teaching, especially when first introducing choice. Because presenting a subject helps a student spend less time thinking about what to make and more time thinking about how they're going to approach the subject. So you give them the subject and that gives them the idea to start with. Now, um, a lot of tab teachers will start and people do subject-based teaching will start with a theme. That's a common way to do subject-based. So themes are basically subjects that allow for a range of interpretation. Now, some themes provide for a wider range of interpretation and other themes have less narrow. So when introducing choice, um, I think you might want to start with themes that offer less interpretation and then move towards themes that provide for a wider interpretation as the year progresses. So this is a great way to introduce choice. Um, and first it's kind of tight and then you loosen it. And that's kind of across the board when, you, when you're going to start with tab in the first place. That, that theory of starting loose and, and opening up, starting tight and then opening up. Because once you open up, you can't go back. <laughs> okay. Let me explain what I mean. Let's take a look at like five different types of themes. Uh, the first type of theme I'll start with is what I call concrete themes. Concrete themes are, I label that because they're solid and they're definitive. Um, they're themes, these themes are usually based on like nouns, people, places, things, uh, and they provide for the least amount of interpretation. So I'll give you some examples. Uh, my pet could be a theme. Castles could be a theme. Pumpkins could be a theme. Now, I'm personally not a big fan of really solid concrete themes because I believe they don't provide enough room for the student to move. For example, um, I always pick on birch tree lessons, not because I don't like birch trees, I do. In fact, I have fond childhood memories of exploring the woods in Vermont. However, <laughs> I'll use the, the theme birch tree. If I use that with my students, all my students are going to draw a birch tree. <laughs> they might not even like birch trees, <laughs> but the only choice they have are to decide how many stripes they want to put on their birch tree. And that to me is not enough. It's too concrete. So birch trees is very concrete, but the concept could become less concrete. And let me give you an example. The theme tree is less concrete. Now the student might draw a birch tree, or they might draw a palm tree, or they might draw a pine tree. So that's a much uh, less tighter theme, a more less concrete, if you will. And even less concrete would be the theme landscape. Now they can draw a birch tree forest, or flowers in the desert, or a mountain on Mars. It's, it's much less concrete, but I'm getting ahead of myself. And especially in talking about landscapes, because, oh, spoiler alert, it's gonna be one of the nine. Okay. Now, sticking with less concrete themes here for a minute. One way to make a concrete theme have more ways to interpret it is to consider words that have two or more meanings. So for example, current. 
The word current could be your theme. Now, when you think of current, what do you think of when I say the word current? What came to your mind? Well, for me, current could be interpreted as the movement of water. I like to fish, and the fish like to swim in the current. <laughs> um, there's current in the oceans, there's current in rivers, so even in that uh, interpretation, it's, it could be broad. Now, current could also mean electricity. Um, I, I, the current flows and the light, the light bulb turns on. Or it could be events happening right now, like current events are happening, it's current in time. So that's a great example of, of a theme that has a more than one meaning and it's a nice one to start with because it's not very concrete, but it has concrete solutions. Uh, another example, um, here's an example, squash. When I say squash, what do you think of? Well, probably you think of, you know, I think of first right away, it's a vegetable. Or, you know, or something you do with a vegetable. Like, you know the old joke, how do you turn a pumpkin into another vegetable? You toss it in the air, when it comes down, it will be squash. <laughs> Dad jokes here. Okay, moving on. Oh, squash is also a game. Uh, I think I think you play it with a racket. I'm not really <laughs> that familiar with it. Um, um, a racket is also a lot of noise. <laughs> so stop making so much racket. You get the idea. Okay. Another type of theme, um, I use is what I'll call descriptive themes. So they're still concrete, um, but they pose questions or statements to the students. So I, I described these in an earlier podcast when I discussed what we did when we first started offering choice at Apex High School. Um, and the first descriptive theme we gave at Apex High School was, what's the point? And we came up, the students came up with a lot of different responses to what that is. And like I said, I did mention that in an earlier podcast. So you can go back and listen to that one. Uh, you should listen to all of them. They're so good. <laughs> <laughs> Every student had a different idea what that meant. One student drew like a ballet slippers. It was like because you're on point, I guess when you're on, when you're on your t on your toes. I don't do much ballet, but that's my understanding. Uh, another one drew a narwhal because they have like a point, <laughs> and another person drew Spock because his ears are pointy. So everyone did something different. I mean, so here's another other descriptive examples um, that some of, we've used some of these. Um, what's behind the door? It happened one night. The bus ride home. It's almost like you're asking for illustrations when you use these. So if you're interested in using descriptive themes, um, I, I go into detail in, in the open art room. In the book, The Open Art Room, I, I explain a lot about how we incorporated and introduced media and technique, as well as artist concepts uh, with each one of those themes. So you could order a copy of The Open Art Room on Davis' website, davisart.com. <laughs> a little plug there for the book. Um, but it is a good book to read, if you're, especially if you're starting off with, with choice um, and you want to understand how to implement themes. Um, and there are even more themes, uh, types of themes, and I talk about more in, in the book, uh, like some teachers like abstract themes, some teachers use big ideas, other teachers have used postmodern principles. Um, I'm not going to go into all these today. Um, like I said, there's plenty about this in the book, uh, and there's even more in the other book in Making Artists, so you can, you can get either one of those books and learn all about themes. But today... I want to spend the majority of our time talking about the nine. Okay, finally, Sans, you're getting to it. Yeah, let's get into it. Okay. Even though there are endless themes an artist might explore, there is a finite number of subjects the artist can select from in which to interpret the themes. In fact, as I mentioned, the subjects that an artist can choose from can be broken down to nine basic subjects. <laughs> which we call the nine. So what are the nine? Dun, da, 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 the moment we've all been waiting for. The nine subjects include the following. Architecture, the figure, imagination, landscape, the portrait, the object, nature, non-representational, and conceptual. Anything you want to make can fit into one of those nine. And I'll just show you how it works. Um, for example, going back to themes for a minute, uh, let's say, for example, uh, I present a student with a theme play, 
and the student decides to draw a tire swing. Well, the subject in that example is a tire swing, and a tire swing is an object, and that's one of the nine. Now, however, if the student instead interpreted the theme play and drew the stage of a theater, then the subject would switch from object to architecture, because we'd be looking at the inside of a building, and that would be architecture. So how do you present the nine? Um, presenting the nine, first of all, as a class theme, it's an excellent way to work through a great deal of breadth in the art program. Um, it's also an excellent method for introducing choice-based teaching to a class that has little experience with it. In fact, at South Brunswick High School, we present the nine as the first semester units to our beginning art class. Our, our art one class goes through each of the nine units to start the first nine weeks. So, at what we do, basically, is each of the nine is presented as a unit. So each unit consists of several key parts. Uh, first, we present, we present techniques that align well with the unit themes. I'm going to get into that in a little bit. Next, we introduce different media as we introduce each theme. Now, this is media that was not introduced up front as part of the media fair. Now, in a previous podcast uh, titled Teaching Media in the Choice-Based Art Room, um, I discussed the media fair. So if you missed that, you might want to go back at some point and have listened to that podcast. And I discussed the media fair and how we introduce media up front. Um, but this is this is secondary. This adds more media as we go along in the unit. So, third, we expose the students to various artists that that have used those themes in order to continue inspiring, <laughs> inspiring the students. So they're going to see some artists, and a lot of times we'll also show student work that has gone along with that as well. And so let me go into a little bit more detail about how um, each of these situations is approached through the nine. So um, I'm going to back up. So first, going back to technique, teaching technique with the nine. Um, the, the nine really presents a good deal of opportunity for the art teacher to align skills and techniques and lessons with the unit themes. A lot of times you'll hear, oh, tab teachers don't teach, don't teach skills, they don't teach techniques. Um, this is a perfect way to incorporate it in there. In fact, since the nine covers every subject an artist could interpret, <laughs> the art teacher can find places within a unit for any skill or any technique they, they, wish, to they wish to present. Um, in fact, um, many are really rather apparent. Like for example, a lesson, let's say you want to teach linear perspective. A lesson on linear perspective would align perfectly with the nine unit on architecture. Does that make sense? <laughs> if you want to teach about body proportion, well, that fits well with the unit on figure. Or if you want to talk about facial proportions, that fits well with the unit portrait. So it's really easy to find techniques and skills that you can introduce to your students so they can fill their skill toolbox with skills and techniques that they're gonna just build on as they continue in their artistic career. So one thing I like to keep in mind when teaching skills and techniques through the nine unit, now although a skill or technique can be presented through one of the nine, this doesn't mean that the student has to use the skill or technique when creating their art. What? Yeah, that's that's a big difference from from traditional teaching. In traditional teaching, you start with a skill. If you're going to teach a linear perspective, you sure expect your student to use linear perspective in their project. No, that's not how TAB works. We're giving them that tool. And if they don't want to use it, that's fine. And if they do want to use it and they want to go deeper, that is fine too. It's our role as teachers to present information to our students. It's the student's role. It's their role to decide if they want to incorporate that skill or not. It's their art. They're the artist, the art room is their studio. 
Now, why do I say that? I think I'll add on to it even a little bit more. And sticking with my example of linear perspective, um, let's say I do introduce that during my architecture unit. Well, of course, like I said, this doesn't mean that every student needs to use linear perspective. Why? Because the topic architecture is so wide, perspective may or may not be needed when they do their architect their architectural drawings. Um, they may decide to do buildings in perspective, and that's great. But a space, a space station or a hobbit house in the Shire or even an abstract cityscape, they all fall under the theme of architecture, but none of them need to use linear perspective. In fact, in those situations, linear perspective might actually hinder the results. So we want to teach them the skills, but we want them to follow their heart when they're using the, the unit architecture and what they want, they want to build. Now, let's talk a little bit about introducing media in the nine and how this is different than the media fair. Um, as I mentioned earlier, um, primarily at, at South B, we introduce the media up front as part of the media fair. And the purpose of the media fair is just to present the class with a high level introduction to the materials available to the students. Um, this way, they have a decent selection of media that they can work with on the very first unit. However, some teachers might find it beneficial to roll out material slower. So this method might work well, especially if students are new to choice. So those teachers might want to introduce media through the subject. Now, through the nine, media can be presented by grouping different media within each unit. So for each unit, you select a grouping of art materials and introduce it to the students. Once a media has been presented, the students may use that media for any future projects they design. So let me give you examples of what I'm saying, because this might not make a whole lot of sense, but if you could see it on paper, it does. So think of it like this. Here comes our nine unit, architecture. We're gonna start with that. And we're gonna say to the students, because they've never used choice, they've never had choice before, we don't wanna open it up to everything in the media fair. We wanna say to them, this should be black and white. Um, and you can use any black and white and dry material you want. So you have your choice of pencil, charcoal, pen or ink. Just because this is the first project, you have a limited things to, to choose from. So the students may choose black and white dry. Then we go to the next unit, the figure. And we say, okay, for this unit, we're gonna let you use color, uh, dry color materials. So we're gonna throw in pastel, maybe oil pastel, or soft pastels, color pencil, marker. Now, the students can use any of the black and white dry stuff from the previous unit, and now they can also use color if they choose to. So now they have a wider range of choice of materials. So they're not getting overwhelmed, they're kind of getting introduced to it little by little. And then you go into, let's say, landscape, and you introduce color wet, and you introduce watercolor or temper paint or something like that. And now they have that where they can do it black and white, or they can do a color dry, and you just keep building like that. Um, you can add going to, to lino cuts and etchings, and um, the advantage of this is by introducing media through the nine is that it allows the teacher to jump right into the units so you don't have to start off with boot camps or media fairs or anything like that. And like I mentioned, it, it gives the students, you know, just eases them in to it. Uh, one of the disadvantages to teaching media through the nine in like this manner is that it does limit the options the students have during the early units. So, uh, you know, we consider the unit I mentioned above, the student's going to be limited to black and white dry media for that first unit architecture, where if you did do a boot camp or a media fair, they wouldn't be limited and they could just jump right in with paint. So that's going to be a, a personal choice. The teacher needs to decide what they think is going to best work for their situations. So different situations offer different solutions. Hey, that was an earlier podcast too. All right, are we having fun yet? <laughs> We're getting down to the nitty gritty here. The last part of the units is how we teach artists with the nine. And so when presenting the nine, 
it is important that students understand there's a wide breadth of ideas that they can fall under the unit's title, right? So this is particularly important when selecting artworks and artists as examples of the subject. And this probably goes for both teachers and students, but when a subject is presented, there is often a default image that readily surfaces in our mind. Like for example, architecture, harping on that one today, but it's just a good example. When I say architecture, the default image may be that of a two-point perspective building. If I say object, it may be a still life. And if I say landscape, it might be a painting created by Bob Ross. Now, while while all of these are examples of the subject that I'm mentioning, they they only present a very limited view of each subject. So when choosing artworks, you know, our students are going to benefit if we consider artists who work who work in a wide range of media, a wide range of genre, a wide range of style. So for example, um, if I say the figure, it might conjure up memories of sketching models during during college drawing class. And you could do a gesture drawings to demonstrate the figure, but you know, you could also show works by Kehendi Wildy, and that's totally different than gesture drawing, but it's still the figure. Um, you could take it further. You could show anime, and that also demonstrates the figure, but it's totally different. You could show expressive paintings or even like surreal work like uh, Giacometti comes to mind, those elongated surreal figures he used to do. They're, they're all the figure. So you have this range of variety that you want to present when showing artwork for each of the nine different subjects. And now for the last segment, I want to talk about questions and give answers uh, about the nine. People have questions about the nine. They've asked me. And so here are my answers. Um, I'll just jump right in here. Question number one, why are figure and portrait not the same? Uh, same with nature and landscape. It's a good question. There is room for debate as to how the nine subjects can and should be interpreted. There's no doubt about it. I mean, it could be argued that portrait is a subcategory of the figure. The same could be said of landscape. Um, it's a subcategory of nature. Um, and, and I guess in, in, it's true. I mean, there's a lot of places where the nine overlap. Um, and, and in these two examples, I guess the decision was just made in order to provide for the widest range of interpretation. And that was the original idea when coming up with the nine. So, um, you know, for example, even though the portrait can be considered a subcategory of the figure, but that's only true if the figure is human and the portrait as well. Like a pet portrait can fall under portrait. However, a painting of a dog would not fall under figure. It would fall under the subject of nature. So that's how we came up with the nine and, and why they're put together the way they are. If, however, you want to, let's say you're teaching middle school and you want to use the nine and you only have, uh, you know, seven weeks or something like that instead of nine weeks, you could condense you know a couple of them together and I know some people have tried to add to them as well I mean you have to make work for your situation what works for your situation hey that sounds like a podcast we did <laughs> different situations require different solutions and that's all there is to it so you can take the nine and, and make it work for your situation there's no doubt about that all right question number two uh, what's the ideal order of the nine? Now, this is a great this is a great question, and of course, I'm going to go back to my different situations call for different solutions. However, we really thought about this at the Artist South B, and so you know what come, what's right for us might not be right for you, but for us, we've rolled out the nine several times, and each time we adjusted the order, and so we have found what we think works best in our situation. And here's the following order: This is the way we do it. Number one, the object followed by architecture followed by landscape followed by nature, then the portrait, then the figure, then imagination, non-representation, and closing out with conceptual. Why does that work? 
<laughs> I don't know. It just it just does. It makes sense. Like, for example, um, we have the, the portrait before the figure. And I guess you could go either way with that. But the idea is like, if you have kids draw the figure, they're usually going to draw a face on it anyway. So why not start with with the portrait? Um, and, and the same thing with like um, the object, you're starting with an object and it, it might be inside architecture. So it's just a nice way to jump from one to the other. That's the way we do it. It's totally up for you. If you have more uh, questions about the nine or just want to see some videos, you can go to artofsouthbee.com and we, I have a lot of videos up on there and you could see um, some presentations and stuff. And it's just stuff that we, we use in our Google Classroom. So it's sort of it's taken out of the, the context, but you can at least go in and look at it and, and just get some ideas of how we've put it together. And, uh, and if you really want to dig into the nine, um, I'm going to recommend again, Making Artists, the book Making Artists. There is a whole section including uh, the sample units and plans for each of the nine. We've got objectives, uh, artists, um, even warm-up activities that go along with it. So check out Making Artists. It's available at davisart.com. So that's it for this week. Thanks for listening as always, and we'll see you next week. Bye.